Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. Everybody, welcome back to Mavericks and Misfits, and it is now the appropriate time of year where I can wish all of you that are listening um, the very Merry Christmas. We are entering into that season. I really enjoy the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's almost always a wind-down time for me during the course of a normal ministry year, and 2020 has been anything but normal, and so I don't feel the year in fatigue that I normally do because I've been on sabbatical from my home church and not doing any of my duties there for several months after beating and um, battling cancer this year, and so I'm actually more refreshed this year than I have been in a very long time, and so uh, I'm feeling the Christmas vibes a little bit early at the time of this recording. It's December 1st, and I don't know when you're listening to it, but if it's before Christmas of 2020, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, and I hope that Jesus Christ will stay central in your thoughts and your focus um, in the midst of all the other things to enjoy about Christmas. And uh, my wife and my daughter and my wife's aunt uh, put up all the decorations in our home today, and uh, it looks like Christmas, it feels like Christmas, and uh, I just want to kind of get on the uh, train and say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, God bless you. Um, we are thinking about gifts at Christmas. That's part of the American culture that we exchange gifts, and I think that's fitting during this series that I'm doing because we are talking for several weeks now um, on the topic of spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a much often debated topic in the kingdom of God with Christians who equally love Jesus and are robust in serving the Lord and are kingdom-minded, but they disagree severely on this issue of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so if you've been following this series, you know I've kind of um, almost been tedious a little bit at times at really walking through this because I believe it's such an incredibly important issue and the debate is pretty loud, but I would say the debate's not often very precise. Everybody's got an opinion, it seems like, on spiritual gifts, but I've seen on both sides of the aisle, both those that would consider themselves charismatics and those that would consider themselves cessationists, those who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, both of those groups tend to have very strong convictions about what they believe, and yet neither group seems to always have the ability to biblically explain why they believe what they believe about the gifts of the Spirit. And so my purpose in this series has been to walk us through what the Bible says about the gifts of the Spirit and taking a little slice of this topic from week to week. And today, I'm going to be back in 1 Corinthians 12. And so if you have a Bible, join me in 1 Corinthians 12. And if you don't have a Bible nearby, it's totally fine. I'm going to go through these verses. And this is less preaching and more teaching, but it's not going to be boring. It's going to be, um, this is not seminary. We're not, we're not getting like into the weeds on this stuff. But we are staying at a very practical level and, and discussing how the gifts of the Holy Spirit were given in the first century, how the church used them, what is God's intention here in the 21st century, and where do we stand on this issue, and does it really matter what we believe about the gifts of the Spirit? Can we get by without the gifts of the Spirit? Can't, can't we do kingdom without the gifts of the Spirit? Can't we do church without the gifts of the Spirit? Can't I do ministry without the gifts of the Spirit? I've, I've heard that for years and years and years, and I'm like, yeah, you can actually do all of those things, but chances are at some point you're going to be doing all those things in the flesh if you are not actively 
pursuing and engaging and working with and in operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so today we've got a kind of a a passage that helps you understand why God gave the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the first place. Why did the Lord give the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the church? Why does he give every single born again believer at least one charisma? And if you'll remember, that's the Greek word charisma. Uh, That is the Greek word for gifts of the spirit. And the, the reality is, is we all have at least one gift. Most of us have more than one gift. And those gifts are given on purpose by God. And you're going to learn why today in what I'm calling this episode, Spiritual Gifts as the Blueprint for the Body of Christ. Blueprints for the body and how that is shown in spiritual gifts. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, uh, really from verse 12 down to verse 31, Paul tells the church why God gave the gifts. And he actually speaks a little bit about how God imparts the gifts. And so this is crucial to your understanding as a Christian about how you have the gifts that you have, not simply the natural abilities or the talents or the skills that you have, but the charismata, the gifts that God has placed within you as a saved person. These gifts were not in you until you received Christ, but the mere fact that they're in you doesn't mean that they're being used in the intention that God gave them. And so I want to know why God gave them. I want to know what I'm supposed to do with them. And then I want to be able to recognize that God has gifted other people completely differently than he gifted me and that their gifts are as valid as mine and my gifts are as valid as theirs. So I I like to say it this way. Everybody gets to play when it comes to this issue of operating in the gifts of the spirit. Everybody's on the team. Nobody's on the bench. Everybody has been given ministry gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. He says, just as the body, that's the body of Christ, just the way he's going to talk about the body of Christ. He says, just as the body, the physical body is one body and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. And so when we're thinking about the gifts of the spirit, here's something most people don't talk about. The gifts of the spirit were given in part to accentuate some things about believers, to put an accent and emphasis on certain things about believers. And here it's accentuating the union of all believers. Paul's using the physical body, and he's going to continue to use it in this passage, the physical body as a picture, a metaphor, a symbol of the spiritual body. And he says, just like your physical body is is just one body, you don't have multiple bodies, you have one body with multiple parts. And he says, all the members of the body are valid, but it's still just one body. And then he says this, it's the same way with those that are in Christ, because in one spirit, all of us, all of us were baptized into one singular body. And in Paul's day, those people were coming from the Jewish world and the Gentile world. So he says the Jews and the Greeks, slaves are free. So you've got racial uh, union. You've got uh, a racial harmony in Christ. You've got social harmony in Christ when he says the slaves and the free people. He says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're a slave or a free. We're all made to drink of the one spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
All Christians have the Holy Spirit, contrary to popular belief. Some people think you only have the Spirit if you speak in tongues. That is theologically incorrect. That is bad doctrine. Sorry to disappoint some of you. And the reality is that Paul wrote to the Church of Rome and says, if you don't have the Spirit, then you are not His. You're not Christ. And so when we are saved, we all receive the Spirit. When the Spirit comes in, He brings gifts with Him. And it doesn't matter if you're young or old, you're black or white, you're Jew or Gentile, you're rich or poor, you're Democrat or Republican. None of that matters. All of us were made to drink of the one spirit and we are all baptized into one body and that body is known as the church, the big C church of Jesus Christ. And again, the body has many members and all of the members of the body um, have individual parts and purposes. Every Christian has a purpose or part in the body of Christ, but regardless, we're still one body. So he goes on a little bit further. He says in verse 14, the body doesn't consist of one member, but of many. And then he gives an illustration that might make you chuckle. He says, if the foot could say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? So again, Paul's using our physical bodies as an illustration to to reveal the, the variety in the body of Christ. So what's the point he's making? Well, it's kind of silly. I mean, what if you were just one big gigantic eyeball? That would be not only really weird, really unattractive, but it would, it would be ineffective because all you would have is the ability to see everything, but you would have no sense of smell. You would have no sense of taste. You would not have no sense of hearing. You'd just be a gigantic eyeball. And Paul says, yeah, it would be just as crazy in the body of Christ if every single member of the body of Christ were the exact same. Now, I want to encourage some of you right now. Some of you have never felt like you fit in. Remember the name of this broadcast? The name of the podcast is Mavericks and Misfits because my appeal is to those who wonder, why don't I just fit in with the status quo Christianity? How come I just can't do the average Christian experience? Why do I believe in a creator who is still creative? Why do I get bored with mundane religious routine? I, I don't fit into the average world of Christianity in the 21st century. Well, bravo, I don't either. And I'm glad you feel that way because the Lord himself did not make us to be cookie cutter creations. He's made us differently. Some of you are hands in the body of Christ. Some of you are eyes in the body of Christ. Some of you are mouths in the body of Christ. Some of you are feet in the body of Christ. Some of you would be brains in the body of Christ or hearts in the body of Christ. The point being is there's one body. It's the body of Jesus Christ. We all make it up and everybody's different. And so the Holy Spirit gifts accentuate the uniqueness of believers, not only our union, yeah, we're all one. We're unified in, in Christ through the Holy Spirit, but we're also still unique in the Holy Spirit in that we all have different purposes and functions. And the rest of this passage is going to illustrate that. So in verse 18, he says that this, and this is huge. This is foundational to understanding the gifts of the Spirit. And this requires humility and hope. Paul says this, as it is, God arranged the members in the body. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Very, very important. When we look at the body of Christ, we need to recognize that God Almighty, who 
birthed the church through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. God then takes every single Christian and according to his own infinite wisdom, according to his own creativity, God puts people in the body of Christ where he wants, when he wants, with the gifts that he wants. Nobody gets to dictate how God makes them. And we do not get to dictate or deny how God made other people. And so when it comes to this issue of spiritual gifts, you've got to remember the gifts have a functionality to them. They're not to be displayed proudly as trophies or emblems of being super spiritual. That, that undermines the whole purpose of the gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given for ministry. Hear me on that. Oh, my friends, hear me on that. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the next episode, I'm going to go through the each gift of the Holy Spirit. And for emphasis sake, remind us what these gifts are. But know this, that everybody that has a gift has been given that gift for ministry, to build up the body of Christ, to advance the gospel, to make much of the glory of Jesus in the day that we are living. That is the reason that God gave each one of us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he arranged them in the body as he chooses. So he doesn't ask, ask, has to, God doesn't have to ask anybody's permission about what he does with them. God doesn't have to check with us to make sure it's okay if he wants, before he gives us the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation of tongues or miracles or healings or words of knowledge, words of wisdom or ministry helps or giving or, or leadership. All of those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says God arranged the members in one body. That means you are intentionally gifted by God exactly the way he wants you to be gifted. That should empower you, man. That should encourage you that he withheld the gifts he didn't want you to have because he's wise and he gave you the gifts that he did want you to have because he's wise. So in what he withheld from you, he's showing his wisdom because those aren't the best gifts for you. And what he did give you, he's showing his wisdom because those are the exact gifts he wanted you to have. So these gifts accentuate, Holy Spirit gifts accentuate. They accentuate the union of the believer, the uniqueness of believers, and the understanding for believers that God has placed us in the body as he has chosen. But the spiritual gifts don't only accentuate, they are given to us so that we might cooperate. Your gifts cooperating with mine, my gifts cooperating with yours, both of our gifts together, cooperating with all the other members of the body of Christ so that we can portray or present an accurate represent, representation together of who Jesus is. So there's this need for cooperation, and Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians 12, still in First uh, Corinthians 12, in verse 19, he says, if, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now watch this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So again, Paul's using this illustration of a body. And he's saying it would be a dysfunctional um, situation if the hand, excuse me, the eye said to the hand, I don't need you. We're not going to cooperate together. You're a hand. I'm an eye. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And, and if that happened in the physical body, think about this. When you're writing something, when you're repairing something, when you're preparing something, cooking something, fixing something, your eye and your hand have to work in absolute coordination with each other. They have to partner, yet they're very different members. 
The eye is not the hand. The hand is not the eye. And Paul is saying here, the need for cooperation is illustrated. What, what would happen to your life if your physical eye refused to cooperate with your physical hand? Well, you'd find out very shortly that life would get very, very difficult and the body itself would suffer because whether you're driving, whether you're washing, whether you're taking care of children, whether you're um, playing a musical instrument, your eye and your hand have to go together for something good to be manifest. And he uses that exact same illustration with the head to the feet. I mean, my goodness, could you imagine if your brain in your head said to the feet, I don't have need of you. If your feet were boycotted by your brain, then how are you going to get anywhere? You wouldn't be able to walk. Or if your feet decided to walk independently of your brain, your brain would want to turn left. But what if your feet had the ability to decide they wanted to go right? Uh, needless to say, these are dramatic illustrations bordering on kind of like, okay, this is a little silly, but Paul's intentionally being dramatic and giving silly illustrations to show us how ridiculous it is when you and I in the body of Christ say we don't have need of one another. That's the point he's trying to make. So the prophet says, well, I don't have need for the teacher. The teacher says, I don't have need for the evangelist. And the tongue talker says, well, I don't have any need for somebody with a word of wisdom. And, the, and maybe the giver says, I don't need to, to work in partnership with those with the gift of leadership. I have the gift of giving. And the leader says, well, I don't, I don't need you because I have the gift of leadership and I don't have to listen to the teacher because I'm the leader. Could you imagine the dysfunction in the body of Christ if all of the members of the body were battling one another instead of cooperating with one another? Well, frankly, it's not that hard to imagine because it happens all the time in local churches and it happens in the kingdom where people are in competition with their gifts and they refuse to validate gifts that are different than theirs. And so there's no honoring of people who might be gifted differently. And Paul is hammering away at that and he's saying that's not the body working in cooperation with one, each other, uh, with one another. That's the body of Christ working in competition with one another and that's what we call dysfunctional Christianity. So the wisdom of the cooperation is also seen in this passage. So these spiritual gifts that cooperate, the need is clearly there. The eye and the hand and the head and the feet, they've got to work together for the physical body to get where it needs to be. And it's the same with the spiritual members of the spiritual body of Christ. We have to work together in order to get glory for the head and the head of the church. The head of the body is Jesus Christ. So the wisdom of cooperation is kind of expressed in verses 22, 23, and 24. He says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, while, or excuse me, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God, here we go, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. Now, again, he's going back and forth between the physical world and the spiritual world, but he's saying both the physical and the spiritual have a body. The physical body, Paul's saying, look, the most vital parts of your physical body aren't even public. Um, have you seen anybody's liver today? Have you seen anybody's lungs today, unless you're a surgeon or a doctor? No, you haven't. Well, those are very, very vital parts. I have not, nobody's seen my heart. I haven't seen my heart, my physical heart today. But yet those are vital, but they're hidden. They're in the background, but we bestow them with greater honor. And here we go. This is a little awkward, but he says our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. In other words, he's talking about your private parts. He's, Paul was writing back in his days like, yeah, we go to great care to take care 
of our privates. We don't want anybody looking, and yet we show all of that attention to them in order to keep them veiled. Well, why is that important? He says this. He says, that's the way God has composed the body. He gives the greater honor to the part of the spiritual body that lacked it. Now, I want you to hear me on this. This is huge especially in all of the pride that is connected to spiritual gifts where people are strutting around their spiritual gifts and we make such a sensational kind of response to people that are highly gifted in the kingdom. Notice what 1 Corinthians 12, 24 says. It says, God composed the body to give greater honor to the part that lacked it. What does that sound like? It kind of sounds like Jesus saying, yeah, in the kingdom, the first will be last and the last will be first. God delights in taking the parts of the body of Christ, people that maybe other people don't honor. Other people don't see that great of a value in. Other people aren't impressed by, and God says, oh, I'm going to take her. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take this one that is not impressive in the flesh, and I'm going to put greater honor on this person. That so ought to encourage you because what it does is it means we don't have to compete with our gifts. We don't need to have all of the focus on us. We can be in the shadows. We can be quiet. We can be unknown. You don't have to be sensational to be significant in the kingdom. Please remember that. You don't have to be sensational to be significant in the kingdom. Why? Because the Bible says God has so composed the body of Christ that he gives greater honor to the parts of the body of Christ, the people in the body of Christ that actually lacked honor. God likes to honor what we fail to honor. And so the gifts are given to us because God says, I like you. I love you. I'm going to use you. And so I'm giving you this gift. You may not feel gifted. Nobody else may think you're gifted, but God says, oh, you're my daughter. You're my son. Here's this gift. I want to partner with you in giving you the gift. In an upcoming episode, I'm going to tell you how he partners with us in releasing the gift. And so we're going to get ready to wrap up here in a few minutes, but let me give you verses 25 and 26. The reason why God does this is found in this reward of our cooperation. He says the reason that he does this, Paul says, the reason why God gives honor to the parts of the body of Christ that seem to lack it, he says, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Here's the reward of cooperation. We get to rejoice together. We get to suffer together. We get to care for each other. Why? Because the body takes care of the body. And he doesn't want any division in the body. Friends, that is so important. The gifts are given to kind of equalize us in the kingdom. That if we'll start looking at one another and recognize that person's gifted by God, that person is raised up in this season by God, this person has value in the kingdom. God wants to use her. God wants to use him. And then when you look in the mirror, you can say the same thing about yourself. And what it does is it removes this instinct to go around trying to prove something about yourself. You just come to the place where you recognize I am what I am by the grace of God and the grace that was given to me was not given in vain. And so God has gifted you with the exact gifts that you need. Even if you're unaware of them right now, you still have them. And part of the goal of this study is to make you aware of what the gifts are, but you already have them. And so does every other Christian. There's no insignificant Christians. There's, there's no, I'm going to say it this way. Some of you may stumble on this. There's no great Christians in the sense of um, greatness of their own. If we have greatness at all, it's because it's come through grace. 
And even those that don't appear outwardly great are superstar Christians. I get so sick of superstar Christianity because there's only one star and his name's Jesus Christ and the rest of us are supposed to be reflecting his light. It's like the moon. The, the, the church is kind of like the moon. The moon has no light of its own. It shines with borrowed light from the sun. The moon is not an illuminary. The moon is illuminated. So the moon reflects light that comes from the sun. We need to remember that about ourselves. That's a good word, by the way. That just came to me. And that is a good word for some of us. That we don't have any light of our own. If anything shines off of our life, it, it comes because Jesus Christ is reflecting himself through us and we shine with borrowed light. And so that's what Paul is saying. When we cooperate together, we get to experience that. And so these last couple of verses, and then I'm going to wrap it up as our time is coming to an end. But these spiritual gifts, again, they accentuate the union of believers and the uniqueness of believers and they give understanding to believers. And spiritual gifts not only accentuate, but they cooperate. And that's what we just talked about with us working together, not in competition, but in cooperation. But finally, spiritual gifts designate something. And this is going to be a lead in into our next episode. So listen carefully here. Spiritual gifts designate. Here's something for us to understand. Verse 27, Paul's making it very clear. Now you, plural, you all. I'm from Atlanta. So we'd say now y'all are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The biblical view of Christianity is there are no lone rangers. There are no individuals that are Christians that are raised up by God in order to be independent from all other Christians. Now, again, the name of the podcast is Mavericks and Misfits. A maverick is one who kind of rides his own trail, but that's not, you can't ride that out to the fullest extent of saying, I don't need the church. I don't need the body of Christ. I don't need the local church. I don't need leadership. I don't need authority in my life. I just, me and God, we're going to do it ourselves. That's a rebellious spirit. At best, it's an ignorant spirit, but most of the time when I encounter a person that thinks like that, they've got rebellion in their heart. It's fine for you to be unique, but you're not allowed to be independent of the body of Christ. Why? Because Paul says it right here. We need to understand this. Y'all are the body of Christ. You all. He's talking to all of them together. And individually, you're each a member of the body of Christ. And so he starts right here talking about roles in the body of Christ. And this is where we start getting a peek at some of these gifts again. So he says in verse 28, God has appointed in the church. Don't miss that. God appoints people where they need to be in the church. And so he says, as God has appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Paul, Paul is not giving us an exhaustive, complete list here. He's trying to get us see, to see the differentiation of people within the body of Christ. And so he, he himself is an apostle. And Paul recognizes that at the time of his writing, the apostles were laying the foundation of the church. And he says, first come the apostles. Right beneath them are the prophets. The apostles and prophets laid the foundation of the church. Paul wrote that to the church of Ephesians in chapter number four. The apostles and prophets laid the foundation for the church. It doesn't mean that they don't have other ministry that they did. But at the time of this writing, he's saying the first and the, are the apostles, the second are the prophets. And then he says, third are teachers. And so those that teach the word of God. And then he just seems to add some random gifts, but they're all good and all important. He says, miracles, gifts of healings, 
helps and administration. People don't think of those as spiritual gifts. I mean, right there in the list with stuff as amazing as apostolic power and prophetic wisdom and teaching the word of God and performing miracles and healings, Paul says, yeah, and don't forget about those with the gift of helping and the gift of administrating. And he lists last of all the gifts of tongues. It's, why, why is this important? Because listen, these gifts just kind of designate that the reality that we're supposed to fit somewhere in the kingdom. So you got to find your place, man. I need to find my place. I, I know what my place is in the kingdom. I know what my calling is, but I also want to recognize that my calling and my place in the kingdom is connected to everybody else's. And so I got to do what I'm called to do. I got to be who I'm called to be, but I'm never to take pride in that. Why? Because it's just something I received. I didn't earn it. And if, if it was a different gift, I would have received that gift or, and never would have earned that one. And so there's no strutting. We need to quit strutting around with our spiritual gifts. And listen, we want to honor and respect and love and appreciate people. And we want to revere spiritual authority in our life. And, and so I'm not making light of the fact that God does elevate some people into leadership and they're going to give a stricter account for what they do with that leadership. But friends, let's don't be going around starstruck by people with impressive gifts. Let's just recognize, yeah, those are the gifts that God gave them. They need to use them. They're going to give them an account for how they use their gifts. But don't be so easily impressed. Let's love and appreciate people, but let's not worship people, okay? Let's not commit the idolatry of being like almost worshipful of people that are uber gifted. And so we get down to the last, and this is going to free you up. He asks this question in verse 29. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Well, the anticipated answer to those questions is no. Not all Christians are apostles. Not all Christians are prophets. Not all are teachers. Not all work miracles. Not all possess gifts of healings. Not all speak with tongues. Not all interpret tongues. And he could have gone on and on, but he's proving a point by asking these repeated questions. And this is what he's saying. Not everybody shares your gift. And yet they are equally valid in the body. And so in other words, you might be super gifted in one area and you might end up accidentally or maybe ignorantly comparing yourself to other people who have different gifts and you could come off feeling superior. But what Paul's saying is like, yeah, God intentionally withholds some gifts from people and intentionally gives gifts to other people. That's because he's God and he gets to do what he wants with his gifts in the lives of his people. And so it, we just need to embrace that. Not everybody's going to walk around with apostolic power. Not everybody's going to really, really like flow in prophetic utterance and speak with the boldness of prophets. Not everybody has the ability to teach the word. People ask me all the time. They say, Jeff, teach us how to teach the word like you. And I'm like, I can try to teach you some techniques, but ultimately I can't take credit for being, you know, this masterful teacher or anything like that. Why? Because there's so many more masterful teachers besides me and above me and beyond me. I'm just doing what God has gifted me to do. And it's a gift. I couldn't do it if I didn't have the gift and I didn't do anything to earn the gift. I received the gift to teach and I've used it and I've worked hard at it and I've made it into something by the power of the Holy Spirit that benefits the body of Christ. But if I ever took credit for it, I'd be walking in pride. So whether it's gifts or tongues or interpretation of tongues or healings and miracles, listen, ask God what your gift is and then exercise that gift to the greatest of your ability and always in humility. And so the last verse, and then I'm done. 
He gives us something to pursue. I love the end of chapter number 12 of 1 Corinthians. Here's the last verse. He says, earnestly desire the higher gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Don't miss this command. Paul commands us, earnestly desire the gifts. Earnestly, eagerly, sincerely, proactively long for spiritual gifts. It's amazing to me because we're already been told that God gives the gifts to those that he chooses to give the gifts. But yet our responsibility is to desire the gifts. More of the gifts, greater anointing on the gifts, greater depth and release of the gifts. All of that is supposed to be part of our Christianity. And so to sit back and just say, well, if God wants to give me a gift, he'll give me a gift. Eh, that's illegal. That's an illegal move in the kingdom of God because the Bible says, no, your responsibility is to earnestly desire the gifts that God is going to give you. He works in cooperation with our desire. So right now, I mean, I could go through a list of gifts that God has awakened and given me in my life. I could do that, but let me tell you what I'm doing. There's some gifts that I don't flow in and I've never flowed in. You want me to tell you what they are? Good. I'm glad you asked them. Let me tell you what they are. I have never been sustained in gifts of healings. Never. Um, we have need for healing in my family and we still have not seen breakthrough on it. And it's not because we haven't tried and prayed and continue to pray um, and command and decree and all of those things that we like to do and take authority. And yet the healings still haven't come. I've, I don't know that I have that gift. And, and here's the thing. I'm praying for it. I'm seeking it. I'm desiring it. I'm asking the Lord for it because it will bring great glory to him and it will use, be used to strengthen other people. Um, I've, I've not worked miracles. I don't have miracle working signs and wonders in my resume. I don't. Um, I, 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 I want to. And I'm believing that for the end of the age. I'm believing it for now if God wants to do it now. But I'm expecting it as we approach the end of the age that that will be more and more elevated in the church. And I want to be one of those that operates in signs and wonders, miracles, and healings. And I believe I can. And frankly, I'm going to strengthen it. I believe I should. You say, well, Jeff, why well, hasn't happened yet? I don't know. Maybe my hunger has not reached the level of breakthrough that I have to get to in order to experience these precious gifts. Some of you um, don't pray in tongues and um, you've said, well, God just hasn't given me that gift. Well, let me just ask you a bold question. Did you stop praying for it? So, well, I prayed a long time, Jeff, and it didn't come. Well, you quit too soon because I believe this with all my heart that God will open wide your mouth and fill it with good things. You say, well, Jeff, you read earlier, it says not all speak with tongues. Well, here's the thing. Unless God has said to you, you will never speak in tongues, then ask him to enable you to speak in tongues and he will. And you can see help from your spiritual leaders with that. The point is this. The command is desire earnestly, eagerly, with force, with strength, with intentionality. Go after the spiritual gifts. Go after the spiritual gifts because we all need them. All right, listen, I'm starting to get passionate about this stuff, but I am completely out of time. As a matter of fact, I'm a couple of minutes over, and so I want to sign off today. I want to encourage you, if you want more of this kind of teaching, visit my media ministry website at transformingtruth.org, or you can go to jefflyle.com. My book is there. There are video resources there. The blog is there. There's so much there at transformingtruth.org, and that is the umbrella ministry for Mavericks and Misfits podcast. I am blessed that you've tuned in. I hope you'll follow up because we've got another episode that's going to be released right after this one, and it'll continue in this vein of thought about me and you and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Signing off for today. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.